You know, I'm going to give you a history lesson. We got some dumbass motherfuckers floating around this country. <laughs> start laughing. And when I do, start fucking. Also, y'all did some nasty ass jokes on my ass, too. Funny jokes and unfunny jokes come out of the same birth. You fucking guys are unbelievable. Why are you laughing? Evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Why You Laughing, a history of comedy podcast. And today, I am pleased to introduce you to the breaking of Joe Matteris. And a lot of you may not know that name or why we would be talking about him. But that's the point of today's episode is to introduce you to a topic like that. Um, probably our most obscure topic yet, I would think. Definitely. Uh, unless you include Peter Shickley. Although he was not obscure to the board of the Grammys. So I'm saying this is the most obscure topic we've done, uh, but I think it's worth doing. And I'll explain why in a minute. But first, I just want to remind you guys to go to blindmike.net. That's where you can find all the free links. If you want to support the show for free, we appreciate it. Uh, You know, like, subscribe, five stars, all that good stuff Uh, on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. All those links are at blindmike.net. And if you'd like to go the extra mile and get Why Are You Laughing episodes a week early on the Patreon, as well as the other stuff we got going on there, then subscribe to the Patreon. And you can find that link at uh, blindmike.net as well. Also, new merch up. New Gearhead Winter merch. Uh, and that joins the Why Are You Laughing Blind Mike Project stuff that's already up there. So plenty going on at blindmike.net. Uh, so make sure you check it out. And uh, I think in the, the new year, I've mentioned this the last couple of weeks, we will have uh, bonus episodes, mini episodes. Uh, I think I'll do like weekly recommendations for why you laughing things you guys should check out. Um, another idea I thought to do for the Patreon was uh, I mentioned this a few weeks ago on the show, I think, and I haven't figured out how to cor- incorporate it into an episode. So we might just do it as uh, individual things on the Patreon. When uh, someone said, put a poll up, like, uh, you know, this versus this, like either different episodes we've done or things we will cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good idea. So we might do that on the Patreon as well. Yeah, because you can you actually can do polls on Patreon and you can upload videos directly to Patreon now, which is new. Oh, can you? Yeah. Can't oh, go- my God. The changes we're going through, folks. It's unbelievable. So. If only they would allow us to go live on Patreon. That's the only thing that's missing now. I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> Come someday. It'll- but uh, yeah, blindmike.net. Check it all out, baby. And uh, now you're probably wondering, who is this Joe Matteris fellow? <laughs> and I, this is how I'll describe today's episode. I have mentioned it to a few different people. Those who don't know who Joe Matteris is have been said, mm, okay, they seem a little skeptical. And those who do know who Joe Matteris is have said, fuck Yes, because I'm about to send you guys down a rabbit hole. If you don't want your uh, entire time to be consumed over the weekend by just looking up Joe Matteris clips and documentaries on YouTube, uh, then, you know, uh, abandon ship now because I have a feeling a lot of you will be going down this wormhole. Um, so shout out and credit to a guy named Porcelain. Oh, you familiar with this guy, Craig? I've watched all three parts of the Joe Matteris saga <laughs> several times. Yes. So Porcelain is a guy who makes documentaries about uh, the comedy world, and they're very well done. You know, they're done like real documentaries, honestly. They're very well done. And he also adds 
very funny commentary. Like his descriptive adjectives and things uh, make it a very funny watch. So Porcelain does a great job. And one of his main subjects has been Joe Matarese, a three-part documentary on uh, comedian, Italian-American comedian Joe Matarese. And Porcelain essentially <laughs> broke this guy down and made him the first you know, Stuttering John, Brendan Schaub, these guys that are being trolled on the internet now. Um, the original version of that, I think, and I'm, you could probably find examples before this, but the first one I remember seeing as this target of an onslaught of trolling and mockery and, you know, uh, hours of dedication into different forms of content. Uh, I think the godfather of that, or at least one of them, was Joe Matteris. Um, and porcelain, by the way, uh, I've mentioned before, one of the reasons I started doing this podcast or was like inspired to do this podcast was I listened to Bill Simmons, uh, rewatchables podcast. And was like, there's really nothing like that for comedy. Um, another kind of inspiration I had was guys like porcelain and beige frequency that, their documentaries let me know, okay, there is an audience for even the most obscure subjects you could possibly imagine. Um, so to tell you a little bit about who Joe Matteris is, uh, he's basically just a working club comic for a lot of years. Started in the late 80s. Um, he was never a name you would know. He was a guy, you know, you might see at a, a, a funny bone or a, uh, you know, laugh hut around the country. And uh, that's pretty much all he was until about 2017. Or I guess I should say 2014, because that's where our first clip starts. So Joe Matteris got on America's Got Talent and uh, he did very well the first time he was on. And this is, I think, Howard's first year of hosting when Howard started on America's Got Talent, uh, possibly his second year. But um, they, they, you know, there's clips of Heidi Klum saying how much she loves Joe Matteris and all the, the judges are big fans of uh, Uncle Joe. And then they have him on for a second round. And I don't know. Are you familiar with America's Got Talent at all, Craig? Have you ever watched it? Yep. Do they bring them back like to per not perform in front of an audience or something? I this is confusing because uh, I've only seen like theaters. Yeah, so it seems very confusing. His first performance was in front of a theater, so I don't know why this wasn't. And it's long before COVID, so get that out of your mind. It was 2014. So I don't know why this is not in front of an audience, unless the sole reason was to humiliate this poor bastard. So uh, this is Joe's second appearance on America's Got Talent and the end of his run. I'm, uh, as you know, I'm 46 years old, two kids, which has been killing me. I got to be honest. Uh, when I had one kid, it was so much easier. All I had to do was drink like two beers at dinner, and I'd be like, <laughs> where's he going? You know, <laughs> he just broke that thing I loved. Uh, my, another thing is potty trading is brutal. I didn't know this when I was having kids. My son's just bent over, pants down, just waiting for me. And I just had enough, you know? I'm like, you're six. I look at him, you're six years old. Like, why do I still have to wipe you? I swear to God, this is his answer. He goes, because it's gross. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, let, let me do it then. That makes sense. You guys are being tough on me on purpose. I could feel that. 
That's it for me. That's it for me. Thank you. Oof. A brutal. I don't know. I, I really don't understand what's going on there. Because as you can tell, just so that tells you a lot about Joe, right? There. <laughs> it's your <laughs> it fault. Tells you, it tells you he's a family man. He's a dad. And that's what a lot of his comedy is about. You know, kind of a uh, Sebastian Maniscalco light, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's typically dirty, but he's clean enough to be on America's Got Talent, obviously. Um, but it also tells you about his awkward uncomfortableness when he says, like, I feel like you guys are fucking with me, basically. <laughs> Which, to be fair to him, I think they kind of were. I, I can't think of another reason they would do format that. You're performing that to four people. One is Howard Stern. The other is Howie Mandel. Yeah, and they're not They're seemingly purposely not laughing And another thing that shows you Is when you take the laughs out of a room Just how uncomfortable comedy is Oh yeah Like even if, you know, whoever uh, Louis C.K. was doing his act To an empty room and you watched it You'd be like, this is uncomfortable That's why uh, Drew Michael, do you know who that is? Uh, No He put out a special on HBO That was to an empty room and it's like, this is a bad idea, man, because it's going to expose even your decent jokes as <laughs> for what they are. But I think two, um, I think uh, I know two. Maria Bamford did a special in her living room to her parents only. And um, yeah, but Maria Bamford's funny enough and it's quirky and weird. Yeah, you know, like for some reason that fits with Maria Bamford, but most people can't get away with it. And Harlan, Will, uh, Harlan Williams did uh, a special like on the side of a mountain to nobody. Oh, that, I imagine that's fun, but <laughs> they've, they've, um, they've all been terrible is my point. Okay. So that's 2014. And the only reason I heard about this and heard, heard learned about Joe Matarese, uh, because the AGT fan base is not like comedy fans. And if there was a comedian that bombed that no one had ever really heard of, I don't know that that would make the rounds on, you know, the comedy subreddits and things like that, which we'll get into. But the reason I heard about this bombing was because Joe Mattery started going on radio shows and podcasts and talking about how NBC screwed him, which is another um, uh, trait characteristic of Joe's where he wants everyone to like him. He wants you to know that he's not this horrible comedian. He needs everyone to um, like and appreciate him, which, believe me, is a characteristic I can understand and sympathize with. Uh, but that's the only reason uh, I had heard of Joe Matarese. A um, couple years later, he starts going on uh, the Anthony Cumia show. He's on the Artie Quitter podcast a lot. Um, I think he had done Jim and Sam, things like that. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's making the rounds on those, that type of comedy circuit. Uh, you know, these podcasts that appeal to specifically like comedy audiences. So he cashes in a few favors (laughs) and that's where our episode really starts today. And this might be a long one, uh, because I started doing an episode about Joe Matarese as a whole and kind of the breaking of Joe Matarese. But today we're going to focus on the one thing, the one episode of a talk show that really broke Joe Matarese. Because as I was pulling clips, I was like, we're going to have too many to do a full episode. So your guys' assignment as listeners today is to let me know, based on this episode, should there be a Joe Matarese part two? And if so, that will be the first 
um, Patreon exclusive episode. If you guys are uh, interested in that, literally this podcast that we're basically about to break down is maybe Mm -hmm. the podcast I've listened to the most in my life. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to look away from it. And I'll tell you, (laughs) even as I was pulling, pulling clips, this is the first time, uh, pulling clips for this show that I've stopped. Usually I'll fast forward, just looking for the bits that I need. Mm -hmm. This is the first time that I've stopped and just watched because I was laughing so much. It's, it's very funny. So, so Joe Mattaris, um, Wanted to do a talk show. He's pitching a, a talk show. This is like a pilot um, that's supposed to be like a Donahue type show or a, a, not quite Jerry Springer, but in that realm of daytime TV. You know what I mean? It's, Dr. It's, Phil, I It's guess. based off like one of his other shows where it's, it's literally just a therapy session for him. Yeah. So it's called Fixing Joe and it's predicated on uh, Joe Metaris takes medication. Now, I take medication, Craig. Do you know what kind of medication I'm on? Uh, Prozac, something like that. <laughs> See, no, you're wrong. You're in the yeah. It's anti-depression and anxiety, but you don't know what it's called because I don't talk to you about it. I don't find it to be an interesting subject. Mm-hmm. Joe on his podcast would break down. He's like, guys, I cut down from 20 milligrams to 10 milligrams of you know Wellbutrin or whatever the fuck. And it's, it became this obsession with him where he thought the most interesting thing about him was the medication he takes and his mental health. So his idea for a talk show entitled Fixing Joe was that he do a show where he has guests on, comedian guests, who come on and give him advice. Which doesn't seem like a great idea because comics aren't always the best at giving advice unless... You know, you're setting out to do that on a show. So you would think maybe Joe gives advice to these comics, but no, no, <laughs> he wants you to do the work. He wants you to give him advice. And he, <laughs> yeah. deci- he decides to have the three best people ever for that on. It's, it's not choice. We'll uh, reveal that in a few moments. But first, let's hear the intro, I guess, or how he sets it up. Uh, this one's called The Crowd. This setup's next. Yeah, so this is uh, just a, a taste. Oh, I guess this is where we find out who's on the show because you get a taste of who they're there for. Is this a Joe Matarese crowd or do they maybe get wind of who's on the dais? Who's a Fixing Joe listener here? Who's, who's a listener? I got eight listeners. Awesome. So you're all you're all uh, Kumia fans? Kumia, do you watch me on Kumia? <laughs> Anthony Kumia. Awesome, love him. Already quitter, already quitter. And uh, I was just asking Jim Norton's new show on uh, Sirius XM. So it seems, I don't have my applause meter out, but it seems like the crowd is mostly there for not Joe Matteries. Correct. Based on the numbers. Um, so you hear the list of people there. Uh, Jim Norton, notoriously deviant. Like he's one of the first guys to make a career out of, out of his sexual proclivities and admit to uh, having, you know, fetishes for lack of a better word, uh, uh, involving transgender people and being pissed on and all kinds of, you know, uh, perverse shit, so to speak. Um, so he's on that list. 
uh, Anthony Cumia, who literally at this time during this period uh, was on trial for domestic violence <laughs> and Artie Lang, who I probably don't need to even tell you his laundry list of reasons why he should not be on an advice show as the one giving advice. So this is the, the panel that he has assembled. Um, and let's hear a little more about the setup of the show and Joe's description of it. We got it all covered. It's total podcast and radio listening audience. This is awesome. Ah, yes, yes, yes. So I, I wanted to sit down and just kind of talk it out so you can get the more long form thing that's going on. So basically, uh, I had a friend have a stroke. Hilarious. <laughs> I had a friend have a stroke last week, and he was one of these guys that was always working, right? Just going all the time. Like, he would come on vacation with us. My mother-in-law's fiance, right? This Indian guy. Super great guy. His name's Noggin, right? So this is like the Noggin podcast, I guess. He, he's, he has a stroke, and I pictured him, like, working while he was laying on the table, stroking out, you know, like, you know. Give me my phone! Give me my iPhone! <laughs> I have to call India, you know? I have to call India? What does that mean? <laughs> I think he sensed he was bombing. Operator, India. <laughs> so this is already not a good start. You can hear there Joe is flailing a little bit. Uh, he does not have control of this crowd. <laughs> Believe me, that comes up. And another thing that is mentioned that you guys should know, um, just so you have a full, the full context here, is uh, Joe... Paid for this, I believe, out of pocket. I don't know if there was a production company backing him, but his goal was to get this on television. And like I said, you know, compete with Dr. Phil and that that sort of TV. So he wanted to get this on TV. So he paid for a band. There's a band there uh, that is, you know, if he was paying them, whatever it was, was too much. <laughs> and there's cue cards. So he's trying to set this up like real, you know, a real television shoot. It seems like the comedians were not aware of that going in. Right. But, you know, you, you, you tell me the vibe you pick up. Is the next clip when Anthony's introduced? No, it's called Why We're Here. Okay. Oh, Jesus. We still haven't gotten to the setup yet. Joe, tell us. Take it away. <laughs> uh, whoops. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to just basically figure out with these guys tonight that I'm going to bring up, and I thank them so much for doing this how to slow down man because i don't want to be that guy that's just going like i think it's because i don't know if it's a showbiz thing or an everybody thing i've been chasing the comedy dream <laughs> they're gonna shit on me for this one oh, just opening uh, it's like an open wound chasing it chasing it hard man all of us up here the crowd's already excited for him to be shit on as you could tell there yeah but also i like the idea of uh soliciting the help of a heroin and cocaine addict to tell you how to calm down. <laughs> hey, Artie Lang, how do I get a hold of myself? <laughs> and this is already at a time, I think crashing is just starting. So it's a time where Artie is like kind of on the brink of where he was still Artie Lang and still has his comedic timing and everything. Just but less of a nose. Yeah, he's getting close. This is after his nose is all fucked up. So he's getting close to the, you know, the end of his brilliant run here. Uh, so why he assembled these guys, I was going to say I don't know why. I do know why. It's because it, they're probably 
the most famous people he has a relation enough of a relationship with to solicit this kind of help for free. Definitely. Um, and so that, so that's why he got these on, but Joe didn't realize Joe's going to want to run a serious show mistake. And, and that's a huge mistake because if you listen to Opie and Anthony or Howard, uh, these are some of the greatest ball busters of all time. Really? You could argue that, you know, uh, those two shows kind of invented ball breaking podcasting, you know, which is a huge, a huge, you know, has a huge market today. These are some of the, the the Mount Rushmore faces of that cause. And Joe is like, Hey, how do I calm down? How do you help me? (laughs) (laughs) So let's, let's get into it a little more. Now, Anthony comes on stage. Yep. All right. Let's hear him. Uh, Introduce Mr. Kumia. I never saw a space launch that had a preamble like this uh, podcast has. It's awesome. And you invite me to a show where it's like, how do I slow down? Oh, yeah, I'm the guy for that. Yeah, I'm the guy for that. Awesome. That's right. Let me tell you after my last court appearance at the end of the month. <laughs> so even even the guests are like why am i here i don't think they fully know knew why they were uh being brought on here i don't think they certainly didn't know it was supposed to be like a serious type of show and you can hear joe kind of like fake laughing there which to me indicates like uh-oh i want to appease these guys but also i'm praying they kind of do as I say <laughs> and we'll, we'll follow suit here. Yep. It doesn't quite go his way at all. No. So I, now I think all three guys are on stage, right? Yep. Uh, this this one's called Joe Starts to Struggle. <laughs> we, we're out of the gates early. And by the way, to reference Anthony's joke there, the preamble, that's like, I think like seven minutes into the show before Anthony gets on stage. So there's a full like a monologue and the band plays. There was a lot of setup to what this is, which I guess for a pilot of a TV show you have to do, but it seemed a little unnecessary. I felt like you could get into it a little Joe, Joe's biggest mistake was having an audience at this thing. Oh, for sure, because they're playing to the audience. Correct. <laughs> they are. And it's an audience of, as we you know learned with the applause meter, comedy fans, right. not therapy fans. Right. So this is uh, already Joe starts to uh, stumble with all three guys on stage. Honestly, you pro- you probably in your relationships get the opposite that like a married guy gets. Like a married guy gets. You mean head? I'm like a volleyball setter up here. This isn't no. true. You're teeing it up for this three, right? Yeah. It couldn't be harder for me, but seriously. It couldn't be harder for me. You s- assembled this team, Joe. <laughs> this is all you're doing. This is where he, we're five minutes in, and he's like, this is a difficult task, but you created it. <laughs> and so, Artie, like you said, I think even in a just a room with these four, Artie's going to be playing to Anthony, wanting to make Anthony and Jim laugh. Jim's going to want to make Anthony and Artie laugh. Anthony's going to want to make Jim and Artie laugh. Mm-hmm. So and don't forget, Jim and Anthony did a radio show together forever. Oh, and that's something that should be mentioned too. 
is that Jim and Anthony did a radio show together forever and have been apart for about a year now. Right. So this is almost like a reunion of sorts. <laughs> like Joe got these two guys together who have done nothing but bust each other's balls for 10 years <laughs> and said, Hey, give me some earnest advice. <laughs> and so already right out of the gates is not taking it seriously, which leads to the other guys, you know, obviously joining in. Yep. Everyone's getting in touch with you. Now you can make calls on planes and uh, you get people. Get touch saying, on I'm planes. Sorry. So that like they do, they will answer his questions and try to get, give advice. That's what's happening now is Artie is trying to give advice. I'm like slowing down. And you, the, the plain thing that he's talking about is like, you can't escape your phone. People can contact you even when you're, uh, you know, on a flight now. And so they, they will get serious, but inevitably it devolves into what we're about to hear. There's no, you can't go look. I, 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 I gotta go do something bad. I have to go do everything bad. And I, while I'm doing it, I don't want to get in time. I want to go fuck a whore. I want to gamble. I want to make a bet. I, I want to do drugs. I want to drink. I want to smoke. I want to say the N word. Everything. Uh, I can hey. <laughs> See, you did it in front of people. What do you mean, did it? I said I want to do everything wrong. And you can't do that anymore. A guy, a man has to blow off steam, you know, and you got to do bad shit. And there's no chance to do it anymore. You guys have a really interesting definition of blowing off steam. <laughs> Here's a girl named Steam. <laughs> girl. Use the term loose. Yeah, of course. I mean, like, you know, if, if, uh, if, uh, if you got a bet on a game and a, and a black quarterback throws an interception, you know, African-American doesn't cut it. <laughs> <laughs> or you're cut off in your car. <laughs> or you see one with a white girl. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, Jim. Hi, good luck selling this. Because <laughs> the, there's a clan of a network. And the reason I cut that off where I did and left that all in is because I kind of wanted to show Joe trying to get it back on the rails and already just saying, good luck selling this. <laughs> because you forget for a minute when you're listening to that, you forget this is supposed to be like a serious show. I forgot. Artie still actually does have his nose in this one. Oh, this is before the glass? Yeah, because that actually happened when he was at Kumia. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? God damn it. Uh, oh, yeah. So... <laughs> remember a few weeks ago when our good pal Danny Polish Chuck was on mm -hmm. and a few times after Peter Shickley's name came up I try I would try to revert the conversation back to what our subject was supposed to be Adam Sandler and then my internet went out and I was like ah fuck I so it was just Craig and Danny for a minute and then when I get back on, they're talking about Peter Shickley. <laughs> Good, he's gone. <laughs> that, that is the moment where I said, you know what? I threw up my hands. I said, this is not going to be a serious episode. We got to go with the Shickley thing. We got to spend the rest of the episode on Peter Shickley because that's what will entertain our guests. That's what will entertain Danny. So what we just heard was Joe Matarese's internet go out. <laughs> and, you know, not that I have the greatest instincts in the world, but Joe Matarese doesn't even have Mike Geary level instincts. <laughs> because he will continue 
trying to get this horse back on track. <laughs> uh, so what is our, what's our next clip? Uh, learning about Jim. Oh, well, that's it. I mean, that's important. We have to learn a little bit more about our guests. So here's Jim Norton. So, so Jim, like, okay, I don't know you. I probably know you as well as I know Anthony. Like, I don't know you outside of comedy, really. So, like, I don't know, like, are you, like, in a relationship? Are you, like, on your phone all the time? I know you had the hooker thing. Like, is there a time that... The hooker thing? No, that's... No. that's Shut up. But that, <laughs> but well, I, you really don't know Jim. Yeah. No. I know you had that hooker phase you went through from 1968 to 2017 almost. And that thing where you think you're gay, but you're not sure. You know how it is, folks. Oh, there's a dress on it. You're heterosexual. <laughs> A hooker now, face. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say your daily life, though, is very high strong, or are you like, you know how to shut it down and you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, so you know who I need, I, you know who should give me advice? The best person to give me advice? Someone I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Metaris is like, I, know, I barely know you. I know you about as well as another guy on the panel. Well, honestly, Both of you should tell me how to live my life. Honestly, though, if they if this was the show where he just had a panel come on and pummel him for the whole entire time, it would well, have yes. it would have sold in two seconds. This is a great. Now what's happening is a great show. That that, that was my. I should have gotten there. That was my point with the Shickley thing. Is if if we just had comics on to divert, find a way to divert the conversation, and then we just go down that rabbit hole. I think that would be a funny show. Yeah, Joe Mattery should have said to himself like. Well, you know what? This is getting huge. These guys are fucking killing. And honestly, as a guy who's listened to a lot of Anthony, Jim, and Artie individually together, whatever, Mm -hmm. this might be the most they've killed on a show, period. Ever. (laughs) Like, like they are constantly zinging this fucking guy. So what Mattery should have said is, you know what? I'm the straight guy. I'm going to try and, you know, keep it on track a little bit, but they're going to keep zinging me. So I got to roll with those punches. If I'm the straight guy here, I could have a huge career for myself. It's something that Opie never understood. Nope. <laughs> and got very resentful of. But you got to at least give Opie this. It took him about 10 years to really get resentful of that. It took Joe Matarese about 10 minutes. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> so, so we'll show you how that breaks down. What's our next clip? Uh, this one is honest review. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the guys get the feeling in the room. They're, they're aware of what's happening, and I, I think this is kind of a review of uh, how the show's been so far. <laughs> right. So what, what, wait, what did she do that you called her content? What was happening? And just go start, start that clip over when we play it. But um, Joe brings up that he, he uh, called his wife a cunt. And what you heard there already is like, he goes, you really want to know because even he's lost confidence in this thing. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that's, that's the source of the argument that they try to wade through is that he, (laughs) he called his wife a cunt for some reason. And it started an argument and they're trying to get to the bottom of that. (laughs) So what, what, wait, what did she do that you called her cunt though? What was happening? Uh, oh, it was. Uh, you really want to know? Yeah, of course. Okay. Did she critique the show? It was. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I think you need a new theme song. Shut up, cunt. 
Cue card show. I yes, called her a cunt. It was on the cue card. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it turns out it was can't, but they forgot the apostrophe. If I, if, I, if, I give you, if I give you an honest review, you'll be calling me cunt in five seconds. <laughs> So, so they are ripping the shit out of not just the premise of the show, but the setup around it, the band, the cue cards, everything about it, everything about it. They are ripping the shit out of, which again is getting a huge reaction. And Joe starts to get resentful of that rather than going with it, which I should say as much as I'm going to shit on Joe, I can imagine that's a tough thing where you have this mindset of this being one thing and it goes completely the opposite way. I can imagine that being hard to adjust to on the fly. If you put me on stage with these three, it's going to be worse than this episode was. Oh, of course. Yeah. But, but at least you might have the sense to be like, I got to take this beating. These legends are ripping me. I just got to go with it. I've never taken a beating in my life. (laughs) What's next? (laughs) Um, More marriage advice. (laughs) Oh, this is good. Yeah, so we're trying to get to the bottom of this marriage thing. He called his wife a cunt. Why? Doing my, I'm doing like comedy math in my head where I'm going, is anyone who knows my wife in the audience? Like that's, I'm, I'm like, I'm all of a sudden afraid of that. That black guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love how people think racism is over. That just, 300 people just laughed at that. <laughs> 300, what did everyone in the audience laugh twice? (laughs) I was trying to help Joe out. (laughs) This is like, this is like, I can see Ellen's company buying this. I'll tell you the you, you, you can have fun with it. I'll just give you the real the real story Dude, was you're like the uh, Lusitania sitting in the middle of the sea. <laughs> my wife did two I two really stupid things back to back. Like in the in married like a, you and then yeah. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> now, first of all, I love that Artie is the one and that tells you a little about the comedic genius of Artie Lang. And, and the way his mind worked for a long time, where no matter how fucked up he is or what kind of state he's in, he was always the one to bring it back to that center of like, I, I could see Ellen buying this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think you're going down the right road, Joe. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> but also that line from Anthony, uh, which is a you know, stingingly quick line where it's he goes. In, it's insane how quick his brain works. Uh, br- br- Anthony and Norton and Artie. Honestly, these three guys might be some of the quickest I've ever heard in my life, which you kind of need that in radio, you mm-hmm. know, because everything's on the fly. Right. But that stingingly quick line by Anthony where he says, the two mistakes my wife did, Anthony says, marry you. And <laughs> <laughs> that is the type of line I heard. So many comics on the receiving end of Rich Voss, Bob Kelly, whoever uh, has been in uh, the Opie Anthony studios. It's never not funny. There's it's impossible that Joe Matarese didn't know that if I bring up my wife, I'm going to be I'm first of all, I'm the wrong one. I I have to know that I'm going to be the one in the wrong because these guys are going to hammer the shit out of me and call me the idiot. They're not going to mock my wife who they don't know. They're going to mock me. Right. So, uh, what are we going to? Um, what was the argument? Oh, yeah. So, let's get, I mean, for Christ's sake, let's get back on track here. Why did he call this poor woman a cunt? 
<laughs> if you if you're if this is your each true Hollywood story, which like coming up, Joe invites Anthony Cumbia. <laughs> <laughs> No, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> what was the second thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got an hour to kill. <laughs> oh, shit. Why were you arguing about what? Uh, it was, first off, she got in a car accident. <laughs> she, wow. she came home. Holy shit. She came home. You start and, saying funny shit now? Well, no. <laughs> I know how she feels like I booked on one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a brutal onslaught. This is a hammering like I've never seen before. <laughs> she feels I was booked on one. <laughs> Joe Manarese had the misfortune. It, it, this is why this show was a perfect storm for uh, guys like Porcelain or Mike David from Red Bar, who became a big, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Joe Mattarese became a big target of his. He was a big tormentor of Joe Mattarese. Yeah. Uh, the Opie and Anthony subreddit. <laughs> places like that, it was the perfect storm for these guys because not only did Joe have such a dismal uh, failure of an idea, just a, a very bad idea for a talk show. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Formatted wrong. The idea, the premise itself is not terrible. Just the way he went about it mm. was very bad. And also, he has these three guys on a night. It's the, yeah, uh, I guess the opposite. I was going to say the Jordan flu game, but whatever the opposite of that is, <laughs> where these guys are so lasered in. <laughs> they are in pristine condition. I've never seen them like T this. Tip-top shape. Everything they say works. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so, like, the Anthony, Jim, and Artie show, I don't know if that would work because there wouldn't be, like, a host to reel that in and kind of center it and focus them a little bit. Well, that's well, Artie and Anthony didn't even work that, but that is the role that Joe Mattarese is playing today. He is centering them. He doesn't realize he is the linchpin in this show being a success. The OP. That's the, that's the beauty of watching this train wreck is that Joe doesn't realize he's integral to this process. Oh yeah. If he's not, if heesn't not doing what he's doing and he actually, it's not as if he goes with them, it's not as funny as it turned out to be. Exactly. Uh, so what's next? Uh, we have <laughs> Joe starts. <laughs> this is my favorite part. Joe starts getting hostile. Yeah. And this is where I would say, Joe, you're not, you're not playing this right. And by now the way, you're getting bitchy. You're not rolling with the punch. Yeah. When I say favorite part, it's just because as soon as he says it, I just go, Oh, idiot. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like, you also got to say, Joe's, uh, at this point, Matt Arise has been in comedy for, I think he said, 19 years. Mm -hmm. You're a veteran. You got to know that you you are walking in to a, to a gunfight with a plastic knife <laughs> when you let this joke out. This is not a good enough line to think you're going to get the wheels back on track. Sorry. Yeah. We got to be sure okay. okay. I hope so. He called her a cut. In the hospital. Am I going to be okay? I don't know, cunt. Are they poking my toes with a pin? That was an 83 Dodge Dart, you cunt. <laughs> I had Rush's I guess, first album on cassette. <laughs> I guess the biggest slam is I'm married to a doctor and none of you can keep a woman. Oh, oh no. Oh. 
So. Married to a doctor, too bad it's not Kavorkian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, none of you can keep a woman is not a great line. Particularly, like, uh, I mean, you could say this for all of them, but I'll use Anthony as the example. He's a millionaire that fucks, like, younger women. Yes. Like, he's not depressed. And say what you want about it. I think it's weird that a fucking 60 year old guy is dating women in their 20s or whatever. But he's not depressed about his uh, romantic life. So it's not a great line to zing them with. Right. And uh, I think they pick up on that. They didn't they didn't care for that line too much. And they took advantage of it because it wasn't funny. And he was just trying to be like, fuck you. Yeah, that, that was mopey. That was mopey matteries where he's like, whoa, I'm losing control of this show. So fuck you guys. Matteries really reminds me of somebody I know. <laughs> Who's that? He's on VG. Oh, okay. I know. <laughs> I thought you were me for a second. No, no. <laughs> um, all right. Let's. Uh, very good show, people. Go listen. Here's the here's the host, Joe Matteris. What's next? Uh, <laughs> so what happened? <laughs> they keep asking. Oh yeah, we gotta find out what the hell happened. <laughs> this happened for like twenty minutes, I think, on the show. <laughs> Two days later, she comes walking in the kitchen. She goes, oh, I set up that Peapod thing. Okay, what's that? She's like, well, you know, you you order the groceries. I set up Peapod. They're going to be delivering groceries tomorrow. Um, I go, well, what time? She goes, I set it up between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. I go, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that's when I'm getting the kids ready and I got to get them to school. And she's like, I I did something nice for us. What's wrong with six in the a.m.? And then uh, my son. This is so much better than fucking random girls, right, guys? (laughs) (laughs) As I said, Anthony was uh, did not care for that line. The hostile line Joe let out too much. (laughs) No. (laughs) And also the thing you got to remember is this is an advice show predicated on Joe's mental health and marital problems. And the big problem in his life that he's bringing to the table is that his wife ordered Peapod a grocery delivery too early in the morning. Yeah, he, she did two things. Uh, she ordered groceries so he didn't have to go to the store and got into right. a car accident. <laughs> yeah, this bitch. <laughs> or cunt, as you might say. Yeah. And I should also add, I'm, uh, you know, particularly before... I lived with my girlfriend. I was a single guy that does not drive. I would get Peapot a lot. It's not a difficult process. <laughs> they hand you the groceries and you put them away. <laughs> that's that's the long and short of what a Peapot order is. Well, the, and that led to him calling her a cunt. The thing too with the, that line about he's married to a doctor is if you yeah. want to start getting one-upsman on stage with these three, they're going to crush your career. Well, and also you're giving them ammo. You're saying, like, I'm kind of a struggling comedian that wants this to work. Uh, half stay-at-home dad that's taking care of the kids, and my wife is a doctor. Well, then you're just going to be called a leech the entire show. Right. That's my point. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right. We have the next one is called. Uh, <laughs> this is a good one. Lessons on connecting. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So um, Jim's not able, none of these guys uh, are really able to connect that well. They're socially distant or awkward. And Joe is going to cut to the, as we've seen, he's going to laser in on these guys and really cut to their core, I think. (laughs) Oh, whoops. Hold on. Oh, boy. 
This is kind of, uh, well, we can say, uh, one of the things I think with everybody running like fucking crazy these days is that nobody's really connecting. I know this is like fun for you guys to slam the shit out of me. <laughs> yes. But it actually yeah, yeah. I don't think I'd like this as much. No. <laughs> I can't think of anything more fun no. than this evening. It, this it, is actually awesome. It's fun, but it's very disconnected, and that's why you're single. It's oh, like a, I'm serious. It. No, I'm no, serious. that's why I'm a comedian. <laughs> no, but you know, this is like a podcast, and you know, it's all right to slam. I'm single out of because no. of fact shaming. <laughs> no, but I, I feel like the world we're in now that everybody's like a little fucking disconnected. No one has a real conversation. This doesn't feel like a real conversation. This is well, how you wanted to have a real conversation? Yeah, in front of a room full of people. And then you mentioned oh, no. I called my wife a cunt. Or it's God. Let's get to it, Joe. <laughs> These guys are paying, what was it, 14 bucks for a rolling rock? <laughs> are you guys you enjoying the show? Yeah. That's as connected as you can be to an audience. I, I, if you think I, I have an <laughs> So that clip, I think, is probably the best description of where this night went very right and very wrong, depending upon who you ask. Oh, yeah. Like, they are connecting to the audience, and the audience is having a terrific time. Joe just had such a different mindset of what this would be. He had a different vision for this, and it's not going well. And also... He's not coming off well because now he's being bitchy. Right. At the beginning, like I said, he was kind of fake laughing, which, hey, that's not, you know, that's not the ideal way to respond. Uh, I will say at least he was pretending to have fun with it. In Joe Matarese's defense, that laugh that you thought was fake is, I think, how he actually sounds when he laughs. Okay, may I mean maybe it just felt very uh as he would say, distant, not connected. <laughs> right. And it might be all the riddling. But, He's not like he's trying to, you know, therapize for lack of a better word. <laughs> and these guys are having none of it. And there's like uh, subtle is probably too strong, but there's a little shit in there. Like Norton was basically saying, you're not behaving like a comedian. Mm-hmm. Like we are being comedians and hardy to be, you know, uh, on point enough to be like, this is how you wanted to have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> There's 150 people here getting shit faced, paying a, a, an insane amount for alcohol. <laughs> I, and you were like, let's have a, a really get down to business conversation. He already got a delayed laugh on his uh, fat shaming line. But I, I loved it because it was funny and he was trying to, he was saying something serious and Joe didn't bite on it at all. <laughs> it, it brought everything to a halt. <laughs> it made me laugh. All right. The, um, I know I keep saying what's next, but I do think the way these are titled are very important. Yep. uh, It's called we're only halfway through. So everything you've just heard, this is a one hour long uh, podcast. This fixing Joe. I think it's like an hour and 10 minutes. Feels like three minutes. It, it, this has only been the first half hour. Every clip I've pulled from so far, we're only halfway through and this is how it's going. Yeah, we're three quarters of the way through our clips, though. <laughs> yes. But seriously, do you do you have a problem con- connecting one on one? Of course we do. You know that. Right, right. Okay. You know about I think That's I, I, I don't know what it is, but every comedian that I've met that is super fucking quick witted, like all three of you guys, you're all single 
and you have trouble in a fucking conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah, hold on, you did every. I'm serious. Wait, wait, no, no. See? He th- he thinks I have a trouble connecting. Tell him I don't. <laughs> no, that's true. Jimmy that's says, true. and every comedian no, it's not. I know, it's wrong. It's actually wrong. Every comedian I know who's not witty and not funny is married to a doctor. <laughs> 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 so, so now it's getting like they're just gonna tread now the show is focused on trashy oh killer and the reason i say we're only halfway through is because now we're at the point where like the wheels really seem like they're falling off but joe still manages to squeeze 40 minutes out of this i could listen to this for five hours it's like i said they're killing like, I don't know that I've ever heard them kill before. And uh, a lot of it, do- I think because they are like friendly with this guy, he's a fellow comic, they like him, whatever. For the most of the rest of it, and this is why we're uh, mostly through our clips so far, because for a lot of it, they do try and like help him out and like give him what he's looking for. And what you hear in the crowd is like, silence because everyone's like hey where'd the laughter go why is right. why isn't this the same podcast anymore right um but we're not quite there yet what's next uh fix this yeah so i mean the, the that's the point of this show is to uh fix joe this is something that should be fixed i suppose fixing joe this right now is what you should fix the fact that you're getting resentful i'm not getting resentful or, or uncomfortable. Resentful. no 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 you know i'm having no, fun with you no i know you're i'm not resentful i swear to god i'm not mad i like that you're getting the laughs i swear to god i'm not well that, someone's I, 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 i'm not being a cunt no. <laughs> <laughs> now norton and i will say norton's best strength as a broadcaster and I wish he would do it more just as a fan. It's probably better for his mental health that he doesn't. But once he feels offended, once whatever, you know, moral line has been crossed, whatever, you know, his 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 line is where he's like, eh, well, kind of fuck you. You know, yeah. like, I don't think he dislikes Joe Matarese as a person or anything. But I think in this moment, he's kind of like, fuck you. And that's when just the gloves are off. Like on Opie and Anthony, you would see it with even guys like Jesse Ventura, who could rip this little worm's head off. <laughs> when He's he a little like, worm. When he felt like Jesse Ventura was, uh, you know, kind of being a dick to him, he was like, hey, fuck you. And he was very vocal about it. And uh, so that's why I like that clip, because now they're these guys are really digging their heels in, I think. And honestly, trying to be helpful to Joe and being like, hey, stop being resentful of this. Embrace it. I won. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that that was about the uh, the Chris Kyle thing. Oh, the Jesse Ventura thing? <laughs> yeah, after Which he died. Jesse Ventura was right, I think. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but Chris <laughs> Kyle like, never named. I'm like, dude, he just sued his wife when he just died. <laughs> it was bad luck. Anyways, and, and, this is not about Chris Kyle. Nope. Let's get back to business here. Uh, this one's called Wrapping Up. Oh, yeah. So, uh, oh, so we fast forward a while, right? Yeah. Um, there is still so, gold in there. Go listen. Yeah. So, you know, there's plenty of gold, but it does. St- it calms down a little bit. It's not the rapid fire um, that we were just listening to. So uh, the show starts to starts to calm down. We're coming to an end. And uh, it's still disastrous. <laughs> Joe, you've lost control of the show. <laughs> I'm just checking emails now. 
Stop getting shit done. Holy oh, shit. Go See, he can't stop. Go it's been like it's great. He can't stop. This is great. It's been an hour. <laughs> what if I give this roller money back? Can I go? <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun hour. Uh, I got well, shit guys, go. thank you. I really feel better really? now. Is that uh, the end of it? You Call want, me later. That you was want, abrupt. You want to just... It was abrupt? The ending. How... I don't know where we are for time. Yeah, because the rest of the show is 937. <laughs> where we start. <laughs> but it was. It was like they kind of got back on track and tried to help him out a little. But at the end, he's still being kind of a cunt, as Jimmy said, where he's scrolling through his phone and he's like, I'm getting shit done. And it's like, Joe, this is your show. You should care about how this ends because you could still chop. If, if you want it to go a certain way, whatever, you could still edit it in a way. That is manageable for you to come across likable, you know? You could, but then that would make things probably even worse. Right. But, well, we'll get to that part as well. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was abrupt. It was weird where they're kind of going along and all of a sudden he's like, all right, the show's over. <laughs> but also simultaneously you hear Norton go, that was it? And Artie go, it's been an hour. Can we go home? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so as great. you can tell, Artie wants to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, he's, um, he, he, his body language is all different. He's itching. He is itching now. <laughs> so I don't know what he's about to go do, um, but I think the next clip is him trying to get the fuck out, right? No, this one's called Cut That Pot Out. <laughs> oh, that's right. Well, yeah, like I said, you could edit this a certain way. Let's, let's see what this is. Uh, I was going to send you guys, I was going to take phone calls and all that, but I just feel How are you going like, to do that? I, I got, I, well, people leave voicemails. People leave voicemails. And, take yeah, a but, couple. But Let's guys, see what they have to say. You guys, you, you guys will just, no, I would you, love you guys to can leave. Hear what they have to say. You sure? You guys yeah, can yeah, leave. Yeah, Let's yeah. see what they have to say. It's ne- you're never in a great place where you're like, no, you leave and I'll do the show myself. No. <laughs> With, mind you, can you imagine how furious that audience would have been? Oh. Imagine, I give him this. That takes balls to tell those three that need to get off his stage. Yeah, get out of here. I'll take call. calls. Would have been, I mean, well, I say would have been. Just wait a <laughs> Will minute. Will be a disaster on yeah. this show. But also, like I said, I just keep in mind that at least one of these guys has uh, had about enough. At least I got some fucking beauties. Anthony, you haven't called me. Well, is some way somebody's hearing this right now? Like, Not now. No, these are pre- they, they. They leave voicemails on the hotline. When does it air? That. When does it air? Yeah. Probably never. <laughs> I have the power of airing this. You don't do you edit this down at all. This should just kind of be like. Oh yeah, yeah, this will be edited. Do you really? Do you really? By the time it's done, I'm going to be getting all those laughs. There you go. <laughs> That's kind of funny. He's trying to be a little more playful, although you can tell he's pissed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, you can tell his wheels are spinning of like, how do I save this? When, like we said, he easily could have done this in a way where it's like, I, I, I somewhere would have bought it. If you even just sold it as comics, beating the shit out of them, yeah. it wouldn't have been quite as good. But if you could somehow sell these three guys and coming back to beat the shit out of you every week. Or they, they they just have commentary on every single show he does. <laughs> right. Like uh, one of those VH1 shows. So he's trying to do segments. He has voicemails. And um, I don't even know if I included any of the... Uh, I mentioned Donahue earlier. He wanted this to be like a Donahue show. Mm-hmm. Literally, they have a guy, his producer or whoever, goes into the crowd with a microphone 
and is like, Hey, what's your question for Joe? And in Joe's mind, it's going to be like, Hey, you know, I, uh, I got into it with my wife, similarly to you. And how did you deal with this, <laughs> you know, sort of this toxic uh, anger that you dealt with, whatever. Instead, the questions were all, uh, Hey, Jim, can you do chip for us? <laughs> <laughs> So the ending does not even go how Joe wants, uh, but he's trying to, you know, take phone calls and play some of these voicemails and things. And I don't know how much prep he did on this because the results are a little odd. Yeah. This is the uh, last clip from this show, by the way. Oh, is it? Yeah. We have one more. Okay. So I think this is what we're talking about where uh, it's definitely the last clip for one of these gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I actually think this is one of uh, Anthony's fans here. Oh, shit. How long is it taking oh, no. for a phone call? We got volume here. Good morning, Joe. Uh, turn that up. Good morning, Joe. It's Chris. As for your request, take two of the Anthony Cumia Christmas carols. We can all slow down and enjoy this beautiful holiday season. <laughs> Trump to the world, Donald. Take care. Yeah. <laughs> if if the audio uh, listeners couldn't tell, uh, Artie has had enough, and he, he just literally got up and left. He stood up, <laughs> dropped his mic on the ground, and walked away. <laughs> now, I said something at the beginning of that, or heard something at the beginning of that clip. Remember I said where I don't think Joe did show prep. I don't know if he listened to these voicemails before. Mm-hmm. Yep. I picked up on something. Tell me if you caught this. The guy says, Joe, as per your request, this is take two. <laughs> so I, it sounds to me, maybe I'm reaching here. It sounds to me like maybe this guy's audio was bad and Joe called him back and said, hey, could you leave that song again? So he would do shit like that. In like if you left a bad comment on any of his things or any of that, he'll reach out to just about everybody to try to sway them back. Yeah, so that we'll get into now that we're done with the uh, clips here. Uh, but like I said, after Artie left, it lasted for another ten or fifteen minutes of them trying to get like fan questions. It went disastrously. But that that call, if he did in fact call that guy back and say, "Could you leave another voicemail?" That perfectly encapsulates why this went so disastrously for uh, Joe Matarese. Because in, I realized, I don't, maybe I didn't set this up well enough. This is like having WATP happen to your face. Yes. Yeah, yeah right. That's a <laughs> perfect way to say it. Who are these podcasts has abducted your show, but in real time by three of the greatest comedians. <laughs> um, so I don't know if I set this up properly. Because my worry now is that people are going to have listened to this whole thing and think, is Mike just listening to one of his favorite episodes of a show or something? I don't get it. But no, because this led to a I figured we would kind of watch it the same way we watched, you know, Eddie Murphy's special or something like that, where we pick out uh, the best moments. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, the reason I'm comparing this to the likes of Eddie Murphy's Delirious is because it essentially took over Joe Matarese's life for the next, I would say, two years, roughly. More than that. Where um, the trolls, for lack of a better term, uh, were obsessed with Matarese. And everything he posted, 
they would just fucking eviscerate. Right. And then he became the focus of a porcelain documentary called, if you're looking for the first one, it is called uh, An Inconvenient Goof. <laughs> which particularly focuses on this era of Joe Metteris. And then he did two follow-up documentaries uh, focused on Joe called Italian Psycho. And I believe the third is called Welcome to the Podcast. Yeah, because he's he goes on. Yeah. Oh, well, no, he does the full interview, but there's also a documentary paired with it called right. Welcome to the Podcast. Which I give him so much credit for going on that fucker's uh uh, yeah, Matteris eventually went on and, you know, a, as is always the case, Porcelain was not nearly as brutal to his face as he is because uh, there's a couple things with that. You got to respect you could call, him. You, you could call that like being a pussy or whatever, like, oh, say it to his face. But there is also a way you interact with people when you're trying to be entertaining versus trying to have a conversation with them. Right. You know what I mean? Like if I was talking to Brendan Schaub. I wouldn't be breaking down every word he says and mocking him for a, a slip up. If I'm talking to him in private, I'm not like, Hey, you fucked that word up or that mm -hmm. wasn't funny or this or that. You're trying to communicate like a human being, right? You know? Right. So there is an element of that as well. And that's what guys like Joe weren't able to realize. Um, and to be fair, this is somewhat early. You know, I know it's only five years ago, that's still somewhat early in the great landscape of social media where particularly guys, Joe's age in their late forties, early fifties are not used to this type of interaction uh, with a fan base, particularly not your own fan base, people that only know you from goofing on you. So, you know, Joe's life kind of devolved and it started to affect his marriage and all these things that porcelain documents. Oh, yeah. Um, we can get into it. We Dude, can do part two of this. Right about this time period, too, like right yeah. after this all happened, uh, he came to the area and my buddy opened for him. And I was like, oh, that's okay. nice. He's got a lot of butt. I'm sure it'll be a good show. He made him sell at least 20 tickets or else he couldn't perform. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense because that does. I don't think that translates into live performance dollars because. Not, it, well, that's oh, fucking bullshit, dude. If you're going to come tour, you better fucking be able to tour. Um, I'm not sure who you're mad at. I just thought I didn't like that. It's like, you, you can have him on. He'll bring whoever he can, obviously. Or, I don't know. Oh, I misunderstood. He wants your buddy to bring 20 people? Yeah, to open for him. And if he doesn't oh. sell 20 tickets. I misunderstood I, that. I'm sorry. I, I forget the number. I, I hated it, though. I was like, dude, sell your own shit or have someone else yeah, open. Yeah, that's unusual for a headliner. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, yeah, so the reason... That guys like Stuttering John and Brendan Schaub and Joe Matarese have a tough time with the internet is because they can't figure out how to interact with it. And I think Joe eventually did. I know something. I think like Matarese, like like we said, he did the interview with Porcelain. I think he eventually kind of understood some of it. And also, Joe seems like a nice guy. Yes. He doesn't handle a lot of shit well, but based on at least what I've seen, he seems like a decent dude. That means well and doesn't want to hurt anyone. So, so my only so thing about the, that is his yeah. first reaction to getting his balls busted is to try to cut people's throats for real without humor, which makes me think right. he's not maybe as great as he tries to come off as. Possibly, but that could also be just not knowing what the fuck to do. You yeah, know no, what I mean? Like, dude, that I'm not could gonna, be just a, an irrational knee jerk reaction. Yeah, dude, I, uh, yeah, but your marital status stinks. Wicked. <laughs> All right. But, 
I think the difference between Joe Matarese and a guy like Stuttering John is I don't think Stuttering John is a particularly nice or good guy necessarily. I make a thousand dollars a day. But also, even if Matarese isn't or whatever, uh, Stuttering John doesn't have the ability to pretend to be either. Like, Stuttering John doesn't have the ability to kind of join in on the joke and understand what's funny about it because he has zero self-awareness. Right. And that's why, and I mentioned this on who are these podcasts when I was on, um, that is why I think the Joe Matarese beating eventually relented. If you go on Joe Matarese's social media right now, maybe you'll find some comments that are kind of shitty, but it's not the onslaught that he was getting for a long time. Right. Whereas with John, it seems endless. Well, the, it seems like there's no end in sight. Him going on the porcelain thing relieved him of a ton of shit. And that's why I tell, well, I told, it was interesting because I told Carl, I said, I hope the, uh, uh, I hope one day the stuttering John thing ends with Carl and Shuli and John clinking their Coors Lights bottles together and doing a live show. And Carl said, he's like, I don't know if I could do that because John's been such an asshole. And then like, there's no fun in it anymore. True. So it's an interesting tug of war between uh, the trolls and their, and their victims, I guess. Um, do we also have the clip of him on Jim and Sam real quick? Yeah. This is our last clip. It's called aftermath. Yeah. Uh, so this is just a brief description of kind of what happened and what Joe dealt with uh, right after that. And this didn't end for some time. I think it, that was another learning experience going through this, whatever it is, 10, 14 days since it really started escalating, is that uh, people are all hearing information on the Internet and that right. you realize when it's happening to you, holy shit, how many times have I been wrong thinking shit about a famous person or a non-famous person right. that they're writing shit about? Mm -hmm. So the, there were so many miscommunications that I was like, I'm sitting here trying to uh, do the pod, you know, posting the podcast with an explanation on it. Not enough people are getting <laughs> that. That didn't work. <laughs> then someone steals the video out of a subscription feed. That's really how, that's where a lot of my anger came from. Okay. Like, I got a wife and kids, okay? Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to do things to make money. I mean, sh I don't know, like, like Anthony, like, was he, yeah, it's funny. Like, he's like, yeah, just laugh it off. I'm like, you're making a lot of money. Like, I'm a guy that's busting his fucking ass. Uh, I'm I'm proud of what I do. And, uh, you know, I got I to gotta support my family. I mean, that was a, another thing that they just kept coming at. You're the stay-at-home dad. I'm like, I wish I was. I'm not, really. <laughs> this is my job. The thing. I have a job. Yeah. Like, I'm at a comedy club right now as you're saying this. Where is this? Stay-at-home dad would be easy. This is stay-at-home dad and running a, a business, which is what a comedian has to do. Yeah. So. I forget. That's, that's an angle on it. I forgot that. um I'm glad we played that because it sparked my memory that part of the reason for a lot of the uh, vitriol or whatever you want to call it, the reason that what inspired a lot of the anger from Reddit and Twitter and these, all these places was that Joe charged money for this. Joe put it behind a paywall and said, Hey, if you want to watch the, uh, you know, Artie, Anthony and Jimmy beating the shit out of me, you got to pay $5 or 10, whatever the hell it was. He was ahead of the curve. It's interesting. It's so interesting to hear that because it's like uh, the example I always use listening to Brian Gumble talk about the internet where he's like, it's uh, yeah, I, I had this subscription service. I think it's called, is it uh, Patreon or like <laughs> he's, he was kind of early on this 
and people weren't used to it. So they were like, Hey, fuck you for trying to make a buck off of this. Whereas I think now, like say this happened to us where we had some big guest on who really beat the shit out of us. And I was like, Hey guys, you're going to see us fucking humiliated. I'm embarrassed by it, but you guys will get a kick out of it. It's on the Patreon now. Go subscribe. I don't think anyone would give us an ounce of shit for that. Would they? No. Yeah, so it's interesting, just five, you know, five, six years ago, whatever this was, how much times have changed where Joe did that and they were like, fuck you. <laughs> and now literally every comic with a podcast has a Patreon. <laughs> so like the amount of attention it was getting, I think his one mistake, like if we were doing something that was getting talked about on every Reddit that we would ever think about going on, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure we would release it. Uh, I think it would be a yes. I would release it for free for sure. Yeah. That's what I mean. But if, again, if it's something I was embarrassed about, maybe I would say, hey, give me a few bucks for it. I don't know. Like, uh, put it this way. My point is, it's not an unreasonable thing that he did. It was just people weren't used to it at the time. So they really lashed out at this poor fucker. Yeah. And so, yeah, he was uh, he was the focus of Red Bar, Oof. which Mike David might be a guy we can get into at some point. Uh, maybe more on the Patreon. It seems like that's probably a niche topic as well. I feel like but, he, he's he's like the he does this kind of a thing or a WATP type thing, but with hate behind his he, words. Yes, he is evil Carl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah. Mike David does who are these podcasts with an angry slant. Yes. <laughs> but um yeah, so he focused on Matter East, and like I said, it inspired three very well-done documentaries. And also, if it leads you anywhere, um, check out Porcelain's documentaries and Beige Frequency, because um, they both have some very interesting, well-done stuff on on comedy. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I think it was Beige Frequency, Beige, Beige, whatever it's called. Um, he did a video after Shane's special came out. I think it was him. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally those, whenever they make a video, it's not good for whoever the subject no, it's not is. Good news. Yeah. <laughs> and it was praising him for how good the special was. And, uh, I was listening to Matt and Shane's secret podcast and he was like, I literally changed my afternoon. I made my girlfriend leave. And then I went to watch this because he thought <laughs> he thought it was going to be terrible. <laughs> like, yeah, well, he put he he makes points where you're like, holy shit. I didn't even think of that. He broke down, uh, Brendan Schaub's first special in a way that like I used when we broke down Brendan Schaub's special, I, 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 it sparked notes that he had where I was like, Oh, I wouldn't have, if it wasn't for beige frequency, I wouldn't have known the Asian accent. Brendan Schaub was doing mm-hmm. was a real guy that speaks perfect English. Uh, I actually, I got that. That was, I was big on Twitter for when it first went down. Oh yeah. See, I didn't realize that until I saw beige frequency, but anyways, uh, those guys are very interesting. So if you guys are interested in this world that we're talking about, if this was fun for you or interesting, uh, please let me know. And if it wasn't interesting, uh, you know, keep it to yourself. No, feel free to tell me. I don't care. Uh, but I am curious on feedback just because we, if we want to expand it to things like this, there's a ton of episodes we could do. But I just don't know if the regular uh, Why You Laughing listeners will be into it or not. Funny so. is funny. Expand your brains. Yeah, it could be a Patreon thing or whatever, but we'll we'll uh, we'll gauge the reaction and uh, go from there. But if you want to subscribe to that Patreon, you know where to go. Blindmike.net. 
That's correct. Blindmike.net. That's where you can find the Patreon, the free links to the podcast, all that good stuff. Uh, if you want to support the Craigster, then go to verygoodshow.org. We yeah. mentioned Very Good Show earlier. Uh, they have a Patreon as well, or you can listen to their free podcast. So support all the shows. If you would be so kind, we would appreciate it and uh, grow this. Oh, also subscribe on YouTube because uh, pretty soon we can start receiving, as Stuttering John would say, super chats. <laughs> uh, so make sure you subscribe to the YouTube and uh, we'll start doing more stuff on there as well. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time on the next Why You Laughing.